You are listening to a Commonwealth Bank of Australia Global Economic and Markets Research Podcast. This podcast provides general market-related information and is not intended to be an investment research report. The information contained in this podcast is based on previously published material. And before listening, you're advised to read the full Global Economic and Markets Research Disclaimers, which can be found at combankresearch.com.au. Welcome to the Global Economic and Markets Research Podcast. My name is Belinda Allen and I'm a Senior Economist here at ComBank and today I'm joined by our Chief Economist, Stephen Halmerick. Stephen, nice to have you on. Thanks, Belinda. Very good to be on the podcast again. And we're not talking about the Household Spending Intention Series, so it's even more exciting to have you on. We are indeed talking about fiscal policy today. Now, for all our listeners out there, we are recording this the Monday before the May Reserve Bank of Australia board meeting. And there's been a lot of discussion over the past week since uh, that all-important Q1 uh, CPI print came out last week about what monetary policy is going to do. But Stephen, it's only been a month or so since the federal budget. All eyes are on monetary policy, but we can't forget about fiscal policy, can we? Yes, that's right. So last week I put out a note on fiscal policy. Mm. I think really just to remind all our, our clients and listeners that certainly monetary policy is going to play a big role in controlling this environment at the moment where we've got a much higher inflation. But fiscal policy also has a really important role to play as well. And in a sense, uh, you know, the bigger the role that fiscal policy plays, the, the less work might need to be done on the monetary policy side. So just thought I'd put out a note to remind everybody of, of, that, uh, of that outlook. Now, we have had expansionary fiscal policy really throughout the pandemic. We saw a large lift in budget deficits. In fact, for 2022-23, the budget deficit is expected at $78 billion, which was relatively unchanged uh, from 2021-22. So really the fiscal impulse is unchanged uh, over the next year or so, whereas we'll obviously have a tightening in monetary policy. Now, if we think about that, kind of what impact will fiscal policy have over this year and where can we expect it to go over coming years as well? Well, as you say, the, the budget deficit for 23, 20, uh, sorry, 22 23 is estimated at 3.4% of GDP. And for the year, just about the end, the uh, year 21 3.5% of GDP. So not much difference there. As we highlighted in our budget note, uh, the better economy has delivered uh, extra revenue on lower spending uh, to the to the budget, uh, but the government saw fit to to spend a, a good chunk mm. of that. Um, what I've run through in the in the note uh, recently published is that we actually think the outlook for the economy in the year ahead, in the year to uh, June 2023, is is much better than has been assumed in the budget papers, and that better economic outlook should deliver uh, more money to the budget bottom line. And the view we have is that the government, whoever that might be, should allow that extra revenue and lower spending to flow through to the budget bottom line so the budget deficit actually uh, declines in the year ahead, uh, meaning that fiscal policy uh, contracts and tightens a little. Now, we write in a lot of our notes, particularly when we're talking about nominal GDP or commodity prices, the importance of that nominal GDP growth for the budget bottom line, so stronger company profits, stronger commodity prices, 
all flow through to tax revenue uh, for the government. So when we talk about the outlook for fiscal policy and the outlook for the budget, those nominal GDP growth forecasts are extremely important. And what we've also seen uh, in recent months as well is commodity prices remain quite elevated because of strong demand and the war in the Ukraine. So when you've had a really good look at the nominal GDP forecast in the budget compared to ours, commodity prices according to our forecast and the budgets. When you look at them, how could better outcomes impact the budget bottom line? Sure. So, so there's a lot to unpack there. Yeah, there um, <laughs> so bottom line is that 22-23, the budget assumed nominal GDP growth of just 0.5%, mm. half a percent. Uh, our own forecasts actually have nominal GDP growth next year of 5%. So really quite a significant difference. And the main difference is what's happening in commodity prices, as you say. Mm. So the budget assumes that some of the key commodity prices, and, and let's use iron ore because that's, that's the biggest and the most important. So the budget assumes the price of iron ore returns to 55 US dollars a tonne in September this year. Yeah. Uh, mind you, it's currently around $140 a tonne. Um, our view is that we won't get back to $55 a tonne until 2028 and that the, the near-term outlook is around $120 to $160 a tonne. Uh, there's similar, some really big uh, differences in uh, forecasts, things like poking coal and thermal coal and, and gas prices as well. So if we use our commodity price forecast and our nominal GDP uh, forecast, you could easily get the 2022-23 uh, budget deficit uh, around about $20 billion lower mm. than the current estimates. And so instead of $78 billion, um, be closer to, to $58 billion, let's say $60 billion. Uh, that's about 2.5% of GDP, so almost a full percent of GDP smaller than the budget time estimate. And, uh, you know, as you mentioned at the start, uh, forecasting these things is inherently difficult and, of course, uh, commodity prices are being affected significantly by the war in Ukraine and the sanctions on Russia. So there's an extra level of uncertainty. But to us, it does look like a nominal GDP uh, growth is going to be much stronger in the year ahead than the budget had estimated and therefore the budget deficit can be uh, significantly lower. Uh, and as I mentioned before, it's going to be really important that whoever is in government to let that extra revenue, that let reduced spending just flow through to the budget bottom line, uh, allow fiscal policy to tighten, and that will take some of the you know some of the workload off monetary policy, and we think limit how high interest rates need to go in this cycle. It's a, it's been a timely reminder just about the strength of the external sector recently. So last week we got our uh, the first quarter trade prices data. So that's measuring uh, what export prices did for the quarter and what input prices did for the quarter. So for export prices, the rise in the first quarter was the largest quarterly gain since records began back in 1974. So some of the price rises over that quarter were very large, coal up over 30%, iron up or iron ore up around 25%, gas, petroleum, all up as well. So as you say, the budget based on not only what we've seen to date, but also what we expect to happen uh, over the coming year, uh, certainly puts fiscal policy 
could be even in a stronger position um, than what we're expecting. Now, forecasting, though, does have its limitations. And uh, when you look at the 2022 budget and the forecasting performance and sensitivity analysis chapters, there is a lot of uncertainty, though, still, isn't there? Yes, that's right. So, you know, in the budget, as you say, um, there's a thing called statement number seven, forecasting performance and sensitivity analysis. And I'm willing to bet that you and I are probably uh, <laughs> two of the very few people in Australia have read that chapter. Um, but what it does do, it, it, it looks at um, the economic forecast contained in the budget over a number of years uh, relative to the actual outcomes and tries to determine that if you like a, what they call a confidence interval. Uh, so there's a 70% confidence interval and a 90% confidence interval. And if we look at those numbers, uh, the 70% confidence in the in, uh, interval is that the budget deficit could be as large as 4.8% of GDP or as low as 2%. Uh, the 90% confidence interval actually has the budget uh, possibly in surplus uh, mm-hmm. through 2022-23. So these are just your normal variability in uh, economic forecasts. And given everything we've said, uh, we, we think the risks are very much skewed to uh, better than expected outcomes. Uh, so a deficit perhaps as low as 2% of GDP or even a move to surplus in 2023. Now, if, and that's a big if, all that extra performance is allowed to just flow through to the budget bottom line. And we don't see a lift in spending. Uh, correct. You don't mm-hmm. see a lift in spending with that extra revenue. That's right. Well, Stephen, it's not only an interesting time for monetary policy, given the Reserve Bank of Australia meets tomorrow. We obviously have the first rate hike in our forecast profile in June, so that will be of interest. We obviously have the federal election coming up on the 21st of May as well. There's no shortage of things to talk about. In sure, there are plenty going on, no doubt. So, um, yeah, monetary policy is dominating the headlines at the moment, but I think uh, for all our listeners and clients, really important to keep on the top of their mind that fiscal policy has got a really big role to play here in managing the economy over the next few years. Great. Thank you, Stephen. And for all our listeners, you can read Stephen Halmerick's Vantage Point, which talks about budget sensitivities point to a lower deficit, which is a key factor in lowering inflation risks, which was published on the 28th of April 2022 on combankresearch.com.au. 